Hi, my name is Alex Austin. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Branch. You're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the uh, show where we appeal to app developers, app entrepreneurs, uh, even if you are working in a corporate and you're just fascinated with what goes on in the app world, then this is the episode for you. Do stay tuned. Uh, so I do go around the world, find amazing founders and go through their stories. Uh, today, I have uh, really found a, a terrific founder. I mean, get this, he's had over 30 million downloads um, for various apps that he's created. I mean, it's just a dream for any anyone who's getting into the app world. So we're going to learn a little bit about the success he's had with those apps, but more importantly, go through uh, what he's doing right now with uh, a company that he is the CEO and co-founder of. It's Swing Dev. Swing Dev, the, uh, de- basically developers that they can create Uh, apps or websites for you and uh, do it in a a beautiful, uh, very uh, high polished way. So, uh, Joe, well, first of all, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Terrific to have you on. Right. We've got to go straight into it, man. 30 million downloads. That is um, a a remarkable achievement. And uh, I would love to know, like, you know, how you uh, manage. Was that kind of uh, manufactured? Was it like uh, strategized? Was it... um, you know, what was, what was your success owed to? You know, it was kind of a mix, I would say. Certainly there was a, a big element of luck in the whole thing, and I think uh, every great success probably has that little bit of luck. Um, but to really propel things forward, it was about leveraging that luck into a strategy to, to maximize the impact and um, just just really push things forward so we could like get the most out of the opportunity so that was that was the key thing that really drove things forward with that and changed you know thousands of downloads into millions of downloads and the app uh, it was called ugly meter and it, it resulted in you getting onto the Howard Stern show not just once but four times so <laughs> how did that come about that's incredible well, you know, they there, there was a lot of press at the time when this when this app, you know, and it was never my intention. I it was funny because I made the whole reason I made this app was to like I, I was just learning iPhone development at the time, and um, every time I needed to learn a new feature, I would just kind of come up with a mini project, you know. So I could really the best way to learn is to just jump into it. So I needed to learn how to make how to use the iPhone the iPhone camera. So I'm just sitting there thinking, like, mm, what could I do? I was like, hey, let's just, this sounds fun, let's just do it. So I, I, I just did this app and it just, you know, spent a few days, figured out how the camera worked. Never had any intention of selling it or making any money off it. But, you know, when I made stuff, you just put it in the app store and, you know, let it be out there. And um, I had a call one morning from, I, I woke up one morning and there's a message on my phone from the Daily Mail in the UK. And they're saying, they're saying, hey, just let you know, we're gonna, we're running a whole story on celebrities and the ugly meter, and we're rating everybody and doing all this stuff. And um, I was like, okay, that's that's cool, I guess. And I didn't really know at the time. I've, I'd heard of the Daily Mail. I didn't realize how big they were, or the impact this would have on my future. But uh, things went pretty crazy from there. It got picked up on the U.S. side. Then you know, I. 
all the news stations were covering it. I, I went uh, live on CNN. Jay Leno did it in his monologue. Um, Howard Stern, they, that was one of our big breakouts is uh, they contacted me. They had heard of it also, and I was a huge fan of the show, so like made that a priority, of course. It was, uh, it was a really great experience to uh, kind of meet all those guys that I listened to for so many years, and um, it, it kind of created, it kind of got a life of its own and just went forward through the media, just nationwide and even worldwide. Yeah, what's really fascinating, what I'm learning immediately from you, Joe, is that uh, a lot of the listeners, the apps to Tribe, uh, are always asking about how to get free press. And, and here you are without any PR agency, I'm guessing. Uh, you just get this random call and it propels you into success. And I'm almost uh, grateful that we can learn about the story because... Uh, so many developers are trying to push their app so hard, get get into press, you know, get rejected from all these journalists. And yet, if you build something that was viral, uh, how, why do you think it went so viral then? What was the essence of the app that just kind of caught the imagination of the press? So it, it's easy. There's There's one thing that the press needs, and a lot of people make this mistake. The press needs a story. The press is not in the business of just writing about things. Like They love a story, and even better, they love a juicy story. So... Uh, Ugly meter appeals to people's vanity. You know, everyone likes to do every. Everyone likes to do this and see what happens. And the one of the big things about it was like whether they admit it or not. Like we we know by the download numbers, like everybody was downloading this, and there we had um, so much. Because keep in mind, this is many years ago, so the the app store worldwide was much smaller than it was today. So, I mean, we were instantly number one in the app store, which was a big deal. But really, when things really exploded was, you know, we got the fun coverage by Daily Mail, but what happened is, um, as the later news stations picked it up, they, need, they wanted to cover it, but they needed a new angle. So it was actually an interesting view into the inside of the press because um, it was Fox News first that did it, um, completely fabricated a fake story about that it was being used as a tool for bullies in schools. Um, because they wanted to put a twist on it that sounded bad, which was completely false, completely made up. This was never once reported or used as that. But the thing is, as soon as there was this controversy behind it, um, I mean, it was all made up, but it was there. Then that's when the media really ran with it because they had this, they, they truly had a story. And, um, and what I realize is bad press and good press, like the press loves bad press that, you know, these, these type of stories <laughs> that they love and to run with them. Cause everybody, like literally every news, news station across the country, like, and like comedy shows, everything ran with it. I, I there were days where I do 50 morning show interviews, um, just to talk about it, like a morning radio shows. But, um, Really, you got to create a story. People, I, I see a lot of people trying to promote their apps, and they just put them out there and tell people about it. But you know, the the reality, the truth of it is, nobody cares. Like, it's another app. There's two million of them out there. Like, you need to be unique, and you need to you need to craft a story. I mean, that's what PR is all about: is creating a story around what you want to sell to give people an emotional connection to it. 
Yeah, you're reminding me of my uh, wonderful chat with the founder of Blonde 2.0, and uh, she was responsible for the Yo app, which uh, I think attracted like 100 million downloads. But it was, again, a kind of the, the things I'm learning from that episode and, and you now, Joe, is that uh, there's the connection of uh, having a story and that uh, is slightly controversial as well, which is uh, what the press love. So really interesting for any app developers uh, who uh, you know, are struggling to get any exposure. I mean, that's a good kind of thing to think about. Should we transition then into um, what you're doing now then? Because I guess, I guess this um, success gave you then the freedom to choose your own future. And uh, although you were an independent developer at the time, t- tell us about the story then, the aftermath of then uh, c- kind of coming off the back of this uh, and then what eventually ended up is you founding Swing Dev. Yeah, so this, um, it really opened up a new world. And I mean, being in software development since I was a little kid was my dream. It's what I'm passionate about. It's what I love to do. And this really... this really opened up to me the thought process of like, wow, this is a real business. We just made a ton of money and like, we don't need to stop here. Um, what, what could we do? Like, what's the greatest thing that would make me happy to do every day? And, uh, you know, I thought about those things, had a ton of incoming requests. There was so much press around it. I just had hundreds of emails like, Hey, I have an app idea. I want to make an app. I want to do this. I want to do that. So seeing that I kind of came to the realization it's like you know what like I was so successful and you know it changed my life um I would like to help other people do that too so it really made me focus on uh, meeting people who had good ideas but are really passionate about them wanted to develop them wanted to create their own success and to really take what I learned and what I know and like kind of mentor them to that success. So that led into me taking certain projects that I wanted to work on and um, moving moving forward, it just kind of became too much. There, I mean, I was only one person. I can, And I had my partner, Ryan, who was a designer, but I was the developer and you can only do so much. So as the incoming requests started coming in more, I had um, partners in, uh, a, part, a friend, a partner now, who actually lived in Warsaw, Poland. And he was, we were talking, and he's like, you know, I've got these friends out here that are just brilliant developers. Like, maybe we all partner up, and you have this pipeline of projects and a lot of things you want to work on. Why don't you do it? you love, work with the clients, and we'll build the engineering on the back end over here. So we kind of did a trial project experiment, and it worked. And um, our team, this is about four years ago, and just over time, our team has gotten bigger. We've, we've built out a business. Um, these days, uh, we concentrate on working with, uh, with startups. Like, people have ideas, need execution. So, like, we make software, but we're not a usual software house. Like, we have a clear goal, which is to make clients succeed. Like, it's not about just doing, like, letting them drive a process and getting billable dollars out of them. Like, we work really closely with them to make sure um, they have an actual game plan to succeed with their ideas. And um, our, our culture is, like, really easy. We hire the best people, and we create an environment for them to come up with amazing creative solutions for the best clients. 
I love this, Joe. It's one of the reasons why I started the podcast in a way was to help uh, people, uh, help startups, you know, really fulfill good ideas. And uh, I love that, you know, we've met some like-minded people along the way with this show now, 514 episodes. Uh, And, you know, this is the first time that I've spoken to uh, an entrepreneur who has pivoted from the basis of success rather than failure which is quite interesting. You know, normally the themes of my podcast are a pivot because you're not perhaps achieving the success you want and and yet your pivot is based on the success you were having and then kind of, uh, I guess, expanding uh, into what you really wanted to do, which was to build apps. Yeah, I mean, I saw it as a real opportunity. You know, we, I had something that few people get and it was like, you know what, now I can do whatever I want and I need to, what do I want to do? And it really was about working with startups and, um, you know, helping them, helping them have the same success. Like that's the thing that really drove me. So, um, yeah. And it's kind of created a, over time, a culture of uncompromising quality. Like we, we never have to compromise. We work with the best people. We work with amazing clients and it makes a, it makes us unique because we're truly passionate about what we do. Our, anyone who works for us, they're not just your average software developer. They're like artists in a sense of their craft. And um, those people are really driven to do creative, unique things and our clients appreciate it. And it's actually allowed us to enter, you know, the, uh, the Bay Area and we're highly trusted out there and the whole VC network and the startup network to come in and, and just deliver 100% of the time because it's, it's just not an option for us. Like we are there to were to deliver every time with the best quality and we do and that's actually unfortunately in the software business like that's a unique business model to deliver quality on time and on budget so it's it's good for us but like it's um unfortunately the industry itself has just a high dissatisfaction rate overall with outsourcing so we really take a a different approach and it's not about outsourcing it's about partnering and creating success i love that and let's talk about then the kind of clients you work with because you mentioned startups and many of the uh, apps to try listening and reading this will uh, be you know startups maybe the founder uh, what uh, what do you find then are the types of startups that you end up working with so there's a big range like there's everything to the guy that walks in the door and has drawings on a napkin to you know we work with a lot of seed series a series b like funded portfolio companies of the vcs and um so it's you know when we agree we're a boutique operation you know we can't take every project we need to take the right projects and we take the ones that we can truly deliver amazing work on it's um it's really something that we um, we have to find the right people, and really anyone in that range. We don't have a typical client that we only work with that type of client. We it's more about the person and their idea, and do we believe in the idea? Are we passionate about it too? Because if we're not, um, we we just don't even go down the path. We we help them find someone else that may be a better fit, but we really only engage in the things that we truly believe in. Yeah, and Joe, there's. Obviously, people listening who have their own ideas, and uh, you know, in a way, you're approaching this as an investor uh, because you have to invest in the company in a way through your time and your effort. 
what sort of assessment do you use then when you are looking at a new idea? Well, we, we do a lot of planning up front to make sure, you know, analyzing ideas, markets and things like that to to make sure there is a, a path for success even available because you know, there's millions of ideas. Everybody out there has an app idea and what we've come to realize is ideas mean nothing unless you're willing to execute and able to execute them. So that's what we concentrate on is execution plan, how to really bring something to market, how to create an MVP and beta versions that are you know, successful. There's a kind of backwards approach, I guess some see it as a backwards approach that we take is, you know, if a client comes to us and they have X amount of dollars, I'm just gonna make up a number, they have $20,000 and they have this idea of the app they want to make. What we actually do up front a lot of the times is we, we look at it and be like, okay, I understand that you have this much, but let's strip things back let's let's build it let's build this version of it this light version of it for half as much money don't spend all your money now with us and let's get that and let's get some feedback and get some new features because generally people we work with are very smart and they have new ideas and the last thing we want to do is have them spend all their money on a version and then have no you know no revenue to continue with these future ideas they have and so well a lot of dev houses out there work with people and you know of course someone says hey I have a $20,000 budget they're like all right perfect and they they take it and they build what they can we we really take an approach to do what's best for the client for their long-term success and um, like our mindset like say with a say we have a company that's got seed funding our mindset, our number one goal is to put them in a position where they can get their Series A. And if in our head we're doing everything and our goals are aligned, like then that's when success comes because everyone should be of the mindset to get just get to the next level and be on the right path to do that. So we're never opportunistic. You know, we never... Um, we don't just go along with clients. We're we're a little different. I tell clients up front, like if you're if you're looking for a team of yes men, we're certainly not that because we're going to speak up. We're going to tell you if you're doing things um, from our experience in a bad way, a wrong way, and you can you know we're not going to force anything on you, of course, but we will give you all the information that we can give you to let you make what decision you think is best. And, you know, it's, of course, the last decision is up to the client, but we arm them with everything we know to help them make the best decisions possible. And Joe, you've clearly worked with a lot of startups uh, regarding different apps. Uh, What metrics are you using right now to gauge uh, success of an app? Is it still downloads or is there other parts of the process the metrics that you look at really in depth um you know it's really dependent on the business case and you know funding and there's a lot of variables there like like raw raw downloads mean nothing if you don't have you know a a plan to eventually monetize because you can't just operate for free forever and um so we we work up front with clients to um to have those ideas up front like you have to have it in in the back of your head even if you're not going to monetize something from day one like there should be say at least some type of idea of how it should work in the future and uh, we kind of go through planning with them to figure those things out if they don't know yet but 
really we gauge success when as th- just things go to the next level you know you reach the next milestone and whether that milestone means a certain amount of downloads or certain amount of revenue or certain amount of press like it's very unique to each situation but we help the client set those milestones up so so we can measure progress and like just making progress for progress like means nothing unless it can be measured so we we actually set goals and we help the clients try to meet those goals and so um i was really interested in um you know in terms of uh sort of issues about branding for instance i mean you help lots of startups and you know you've learned yourself the importance of branding with when it comes to press and stories and and downloads uh, any tips for uh, the budding entrepreneurs out there who are working hard on their apps uh, about uh, how to uh, what, get better branding or uh, help with marketing or a- any other tips that you know can really help uh, those entrepreneurs that are trying hard with their apps? Well, what, what we've really learned is there's you know so many apps out there um, and just the market's huge. You just before the days you could just put an app out and like. A lot of people saw it or kind of over there's um, a lot of big players in the game now because there's a lot of money and you're competing with now we're in the day we're competing with big brands um, I, I don't think ugly meter probably would have had the success that it did you know years ago because it would just I didn't do anything to promote it it just dis, it would just disappear into a sea of other apps so um, we've We've found the approach is never compromising on quality. You need to do, you need to decide what you're going to do, and you need to do it better than anyone else. And um, then you need to work. You know, if it's a niche market or whatever it is, you need. You know, it, it takes sweat. You get, there's no like magic answer. You know, and short of just hey, we'll throw millions of dollars at it. I mean, that's but that's not the situation most people are in. Um, it takes sweat. Get the word. Get the word out there. Work through uh, target user groups. Get their feedback. That's that's really the thing that matters. Is we've no matter how much of an expert you are in your industry, um, you'll find the users will tell you things that you never knew before. So it's it's about listening to users, building that that confidence that you care what they think, and then hopefully driving organic growth from there. If as a developer, you're responsive to what your users want, and you listen to them, and you f- you try to follow the path uh, of what they need. They will naturally recommend your product to others. And you know, this fe- the feedback thing has uh, come up uh, on the podcast uh, many times. And how do you go about getting feedback? I mean, obviously, you've got the reviews, which are, are maybe skewed to uh, you know apps and that sort of bugs in the app. But uh, how do you actually get good feedback from those users that maybe are sort of the potential future um, power fans? Yeah, so, I mean, it's actually pretty simple. So, yeah, reviews are actually a bad way because, yeah, the people who people who write reviews in general are, like, the angry people. <laughs> they have problems and they want to yeah. write So I, I don't even personally read them because I don't... Um, I don't I, like, unless they're leaving a review a review for the App Guy podcast. I've only had five stars so far. Which uh, see, the, see, that's great, an accomplishment because really, like, it's for every person that's happy that's speaking out. You know, there's ten angry people that are speaking out. So, you know, those four and five star ratings are, are not easy to get. But really, the way you get the feedback you want is, is ask for it. 
Um, either you create communities around your app or your idea that, or, or go find the communities out there. There's a group for everything out there, you know. So, I mean, you find that and you just ask for their feedback. You know, create beta groups if you need. Like, give people inner circle access so they feel special and, you know, they feel obligated to help you with your idea because they're getting a benefit. But really ask for it. That's all you need to do. And whether it's in that way or, even ask for an app if you have an app if that's been launched 10 times say right you've kind of passed the threshold of someone who just tried it and said oh this is stupid and disregarded it if someone say launched it 10 times then put a pop-up ask for feedback say hey thanks for using this will you be willing to give us feedback and put a little form to collect info and i found those people that are starting to engage with the app and are asked for their opinion or like are really willing to give it. Fascinating advice. So in the final um, few minutes we have with you, Joe, I, uh, this is a show that has inspired uh, many uh, working in like a corporate environment to leave and become independent developers or uh, startup founders or just working on their own. And uh, you have been independent now for many years. I can't imagine you've had too many bosses in your life. What's it been like over the years to be boss-free, independent, and pretty much making your own decisions? How important has that aspect been to you? Um, it's been great. So, I yeah, so you're right. I actually haven't had an actual job with a boss since I was 19 years old, which is, like, gosh... 17 years ago now um so i've i mean i had my kid jobs but i've, I've never in recent history like been in that position so it, really it's a blessing it's the greatest thing in the world but um you know there's a lot of stress that comes with it there's a lot of hard work um it's certainly not easy a lot of people that have never been in the position it's like oh look at you you get to do whatever you want and go all over the world and you can just stay home all day like it's not, I mean, you should, there are surely great benefits, but at the same time, it, there's um, a lot of sweat and there's a lot of work that people don't see and you're up nights and weekends and um, your business and the thoughts of your business just literally never leave your mind. It's, it's what you think about all the time. So it is, it's an overwhelming thing, um, which is which is why when I chose the path of this, I had to truly do something that I was passionate about passionate about and loved because I knew from experience in the past that it would overtake my life and I needed to really like know that I was going to do something that I loved. So do something you love. That's the, the thing I'm getting. Uh, Joe, it's been fascinating going through uh, your story with Ugly Meter and the Howard Stern show and uh, Swing Dev and all these things you've done. Uh, what a um, a stamp you're putting on the planet. Uh, I wondered how best can people reach out and connect with you? What, what's the best way of getting in touch? The usual ways, um, of course, LinkedIn um, is, is great. Um, if, if you want advice, uh, if you have a project, if you want to talk, if you have, you want to tell me you love me, you want to tell me you hate me, whatever, I like to hear it all, uh, shoot me an email. It's just Joe, J-O at swingdev.io i'd love to hear from anybody and uh, you know th that's really the best way if you have any uh, comments or questions or really anything i'm always happy to talk to anybody i, li I like meeting people i like hearing about um, other people either in 
maybe similar situations to I am in, in business or life or people that are trying to achieve that and just kind of need some advice or direction and from what I've learned I'm always happy to share that. Well, Joe, thank you for coming on the App Guide podcast, episode 514. It's a special one, and uh, I appreciate your time and all the best for the future. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It was great being on.